0: On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio.
1: And the sous chef of The Garden Show, Franklin Proctor, saying good morning. Good and morning. Yeah, what a nice looking day. I know,
2: there. look at that blue sky.
1: Mm-hmm. And we're broadcasting, as you know, or maybe don't know, live alive and well. And direct. <laughs> From the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. Uh, temps around the one or two mark, I think. Uh, What are you looking around Checking out things in the studio here? Yeah, no, I was just checking
2: the lighting. Oh, yeah? I last, and it doesn't matter. (laughs) <laughs> it was just last week when Hello. I came in, it was so dark. Remember all the oh. lights were going sh- oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. the wrong way? Yeah. So I was just going, hmm. But Something's they've been, added some in, so well, it's good.
1: Well, illumination has been found.
2: Uh, well, I just can't yes. read in the dark. It's yeah. just, and help, it helps that it's a sunny day. We're getting a little light <laughs> from outside, too.
1: <laughs> okay. Sebastian giving us a querulous looking <laughs> through the glass there. He's our um, tech op, you know. Mm. And so mm. he's the guy that you're going to call. And let me get the phone numbers folks right now, okay? That's my job. Okay, Uh, in Toronto, if you want to get a hold of Charlie Dobbin, give a call to this number, 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. Or anywhere else, it's uh, in the province, toll free, one 866 Four seven four zero. All righty. Are you sure and those are the right numbers? Yes, I yes, Remember, I, that, I, oh, remember I, that Saturday oh, when you I gave out gave the wrong, wrong number? Some poor lady was getting tons of phone calls. <laughs> yeah, awful. So anyway, you yeah, know I've smartened up since then. Yes, um, you are. It's been a long sharp. learning curve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, yes. Uh, if you're a first-time caller, please let mm-hmm. Sebastian know that I brought my little bell along. And this is... What you'll hear if you... Yeah, when you, you get you, uh,
2: garden wings. Are
1: welcome to the show as a first-time caller. And please... Um, call early. early. Yeah, call often. One... 1- question per call
2: right so that what that means is call up ask a question and then you Hang know up. and they've got to call again yeah yeah if so, and there's other people on the line they sure. can get on the show and otherwise just call right back and yeah.
1: I can tell you right control now, the
2: whole show if you want yeah. just get, get going with multi phones we've got
1: <laughs> we've got multi lines open right at this are very you moment. sure I am yeah you're positive I'm, okay. I'm looking at the lines oh yeah. how do you know that
2: where can well, you over see here. It? Right oh there, right there. there. gotcha yeah, oh right. I'm, I'm looking on the computer <laughs> Okay. I have control of the computer. Uh, all right, so all right. I have mm-hmm. a few announcements. Okay. While people are thinking of good questions, and you said, "Oh, well, you know, don't forget, we got to talk about Christmas trees and all that important yeah, yeah. stuff." I haven't even managed to buy a Christmas tree yet, but. If you are interested in learning more about maturing a landscape, growing gracefully, maturing a landscape, on Sunday, December the 11th, the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society will be featuring Sean James of Fern Ridge Landscaping. You probably don't remember Sean, but he was here on the show we took him to breakfast actually. Oh, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Very knowledgeable gentleman, knows everything about everything. He's he's like a nature boy. I think mm-hmm. he was like born in nature, raised in nature, <laughs> one of those raised by wolves probably. But he not <laughs> that he's uncivilized, but he's just he knows an awful lot. He's really yeah. well-rounded when it comes to plants and animals and ecosystems. And he runs a company called Fern Ridge Landscaping out of Milton. So he's presenting Growing Gracefully, Maturing a Landscape at the Toronto Botanical Gardens in the Floral Hall between 1 and 4 p.m., Sunday, December the 11th. So definitely would recommend going to that. Uh, And at the Royal Botanical Gardens, excuse me, it's member appreciation days. Started on Thursday, runs through until tomorrow, 10 o'clock, till 8 every day. Um, members are getting a twenty percent off at the shops. Friends and family day is t- uh, oh sorry, forget friends and family day. That's already over. But members, it's special. <laughs> friends and family was yesterday and the day before. But either way, nice nice weather to get out into the gardens. I mean, exactly. obviously a beautiful blue sky. It's not even that cold today. And it's just slightly slightly above zero, and mm-hmm. it's going to be you know five degrees. So it's a pretty nice day. Right. Anyway, I'm going to be outside
1: are after you? You the get- show.
2: After you buy me breakfast, or I guess I buy Wait, you breakfast. You are, <laughs>
1: yeah, you're <pandas. laughs> uh,
2: Yes, I'm going out to a client's place to plant bulbs. Oh, so I've got nice. you know 200 bulbs in the back of my car and a shovels, shovels and uh, oh, measuring well, way tapes to go. and chicken wire because, of course, this is urban Toronto. Oh, you don't right. just plant tulips and hope it all works out. You've got to you know barricade them in to protect them from all those squirrels. pesky squirrels. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Alrighty. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe we'll, we'll mention this a little bit later on. Spend a bit. Of, you received a, a yes. lovely book in the yes, uh, uh, mail uh, that we can talk about.
2: I want to talk a little more about the Toronto Gardener's Journal and Source yep. Book, but I will hold off on that All right. while we get to some of our
1: callers. All right, and uh, we do indeed have uh, callers online. In fact, pretty full line uh, right at the moment. So let's uh, clear the decks, as it were, and uh, we'll come back in just a couple of moments. You dealing with your questions to Charlie Dobbin. Uh, our master gardener here on Zoomer Radio. Back in just a moment.
3: Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Scythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams.
0: You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio.
1: And at nine fifteen, let's check in with uh, the callers this morning. Well, first out of the bat, uh, we've got a first time caller. Excellent. Orangeville. Hey, Jean. That's for you. Good morning.
2: Welcome.
4: Good. Good morning, uh, Charlie and Frank. Mm -hmm. I have inherited recently a very badly neglected Christmas cactus. Uh Soil's very dry. Plant's limp, and it's shrunk away from the the uh, soil. Shrunk away Mm -hmm. from the inside of the pot. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is it able to be saved?
2: (laughs) Well, if it's have you watered it at all since you inherited? I got
4: this about 2, two weeks ago. I've given it a little bit of water twice now, and I've actually, actually added some cactus soil around
2: the outside part of it. Okay. Now, what else can I do? Okay, so if uh, when you watered it, uh, did it stop being so limp? Did it get more firm the, the actual no. leaves? No. No. Um so it's kind of droopy then. Is it wrinkly? The, the, is it, do you see wrinkles or it's just soft the leaves? It's uh almost both okay and if you felt the soil right now would it feel very dry
4: oh i didn't check it this morning but i would i, I would usually i water these plants on but every sunday is my routine mm-hmm. so uh i'd imagine it's probably dry now yes
2: yeah the reason i ask is cuz plants look limp for two completely opposite reasons <laughs> one is They're very dry, right? And they have lost what we call turgidity. So they've got no liquid and they just get soft and limp. The other reason that plants can look soft and limp or get all sort of weepy, is because they've been over-watered. Their roots have been damaged to the point of no longer being able to absorb moisture, so oh. they've actually rotted. And the plant, again, loses turgidity and gets all limp.
1: I like that word. Yeah,
2: yeah I thought you would like that. <laughs> so, um, so bottom line is um, my impulse would be feel the soil. Get your fingers, like, really feel the soil. If it's feeling dry, I would give it a very thorough watering. Water it enough that um, the soil is thoroughly saturated, so that will take some time, because as you point out, the soil has shrunk. It's so dry, it's shrunk away from the pot, and the tendency is for the water to just run right through. It did. So you get a little fork, you kind of move that root ball around a little bit, some of that soil. It's all kind of caked together, and it's you know kind of hard. Break that up a bit. You've added some fresh soil, so that's fine. That'll kind of work its way down as well. Water thoroughly uh of course do not let the plant sit in water beyond about 10 minutes or so like let let it the saucer below sit you know be full of water for a good 10 minutes by that time it'll be absorbed into the soil dump the saucer let the whole thing drain down Full sun, sunniest window that you've got, and just let it be and see what happens. It will either mm. bounce back and come back and looking, you know, shiny and green, like, as it should be, or it will continue to be that gray-green color with the soft limp, and that indicates that the roots are no longer viable, and then your only hope of success is to break off a few of those stam- the branches, little um, Chunks of stem, and you can actually uh, just pop some of those into some fresh cactus soil, uh, and regrow the plant from some of those segments. Oh. Those leaf you think segments it still
4: will, will do that, even though it's quite
2: limp. Yep, yep, they'll oh. still grow. Yep, yeah, as long again, you will make sure you put those little segments into some moist soil, but you won't keep it soggy. It's going to be one of those mm-hmm. things of keeping an eye. You want. Some dampness in that soil. You want lots of sun on the, those pots, and you want the the that to dry between waterings. Okay,
4: okay. Sounds good. that's good.
2: That's always the trick with cactuses. Well, you know, think of the uh, like the desert. We do get like monsoon rains in mm-hmm. the desert. But then we have complete drought after that. So it's, most cactuses are quite well um, evolved to handle those extremes of super wet and then super dry. Of course, Christmas cactus is actually a forest cactus, but nevertheless, they, they're fine to, to dry right between, dry down between waterings.
1: Well, good remember. luck with that, okay. Gene. Yeah, Thanks for calling. All righty, there we are. Um, and we'll go to another line here, and there is Zoe, just around the corner here in Toronto. Mm. Hi, Zoe, good morning. Welcome to the oh, show.
5: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I have a, a, a lovely plant that I brought in from the balcony during the summer. It was just lush, beautiful-looking, spiny. I think it was a wandering Jew. It's just beautiful. Mm. I brought it in, and um, it, it's huge. It was about ten inches in diameter. Mm-hmm. I've got about three strands left, oh. and initially I, it looked kind of healthy. But when I look closer, um, it, the tops were looked the tops looked fine, but then the stems to the earth. We're all dried out, and so not right now, a month, it's been a month, mm. I've got about only about two, three strands
2: left. So, when you said you think it's a wandering Jew, is it like a purple and silver leafed plant? Be- yes. Right. So, and it is, like you say, it's a vining plant, so multi-long stems, should Beautiful. be leaves all Lush along the stems. So, out on your balcony, was it getting direct sunlight? Uh, no. Okay. And so, where do you have it now? Have you got it in a place where it's getting some bright light? No, it doesn't have bright light. It's I,
5: because there's a um, there's heat coming by the window, uh-huh. so I I put it a
2: little bit away from there, sort of. Okay. So it's. I just want to know. Um, well, it does like brightness. That's that is one thing. That that uh, is it hanging, or have you got it in a plant stand? I've got it on the floor. Okay. What I would do is get it up on a table so that it or a plant stand so that yeah. the pot is on a level surface and the vining. Uh, Stems are allowed to trail over. Uh Um, Now, The soil, you're going to have to look closely make sure, just double check there's no insects, no evidence of any insects whatsoever. Otherwise they're not difficult to care for which is what makes me think it could have some kind of an infestation potentially. Uh. Um, But it does want some light and and similar to the Christmas cactus we were just talking about, water thoroughly when you water, let it dry, cut down almost completely between waterings. So feel the soil before you water. Do not keep it constantly moist or it will suffer and die. So,
5: but somebody told me I could snip some and start up again. Is that correct? Yeah, Lee?
2: yeah. They will. They're very. um So there's the stems, and where each leaf comes from is called a node, and at that point is where roots can also come from. So if you were going to snip some stems, you need to ensure that you've got a couple of those little bumps on the stems, uh-huh. just even in a glass of water. On the window ledge, and of course there 's got to be some leaves on that stem in order for photosynthesis to take place, but then you 've got little roots will grow from the little bumps on the stem once you 've got some roots. Into the pot with some good potting soil and uh, and like I say, a bright spot is good. If you can, you said it's it's really um warm by the window. Has have you got like baseboard kind of heater? Yeah, yeah. Because mm. I'm just wondering if there's any way to deflect the heat away or or at least just well, sometimes
1: the, those plastic uh, little the vent things vent, work yeah. if
2: you've got the four air vents. Yeah. But in an apartment, you oh, often maybe. don't have that. You have yeah, more right, like yeah. wall heat and that sort of thing. So um, yeah, I wonder or even maybe you could hang the plant in the window. So they'd be, you know, in the window, but certainly far enough away from the heat. Uh, um, because you're right, no plant wants that hot air being blown on it either. But, yeah, more light is better. Okay? Thanks for calling. Thanks,
1: Zoe, very much. And uh, thanks to all our callers. And By the way, we have another first-time caller anxious to get to you. And we mm. will uh, get there, Sue. Hold on. Okay? Uh, meantime, I'm going to take a little bit of a break here at 923.
0: Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio.
1: And uh, the Sue chef of the garden, Franklin Proctor, here, saying hello to Sue in Hamilton. There you go, Sue. Welcome to the show. Good morning.
4: Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Um, I have brought in an agapanthus from the garden, Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering what I do with it over the winter to keep it alive.
2: Okay, so it is a bulb. So you have two options. You can put it in lots of sun, keep it growing. Don't allow it to go dormant, but be very, very careful to not overwater. Bulbs are super easy to overwater because, you know, they, they've got that storage organ under the soil. You do not want to keep that soil constantly moist, otherwise you'll, you know, cause the, the, the roots to just rot right away. So like every other week? Well, it depends on what temperature it is and what, how much light it's in and how much soil is in the pot. But use your fingers. Feel the soil mm-hmm. when it starts to, you know, really feel like it's drying down water again or you can allow it to go dormant just by cutting off the water to it uh up to you which which kind of works for you but it should be in a bright sunny spot if you're continuing it continuing to keep it growing or uh if you're going to stop watering it let it go dormant then you can put it into far less light and just let it go to sleep for two three months
3: okay okay
5: Thank
2: you very much. All right, thanks for calling.
6: Yeah,
1: door's always open now, (laughs) Uh, Sue. You've made that first initial (laughs) step through over the threshold. Well, there's Margaret in Cambridge. Hi, Mm -hmm. Margaret. Welcome to the show. Hello, Margaret. Good morning.
6: Okay, I've got some bulbs in the ground. No, actually, I took them out and they're dry now, but I don't have a cold cellar or a cold place to leave them. Last year, I put them in a huge bag of dry leaves, Mm -hmm. and the bulbs
2: rotted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't want leaves. Uh, Okay, so so what kind of bulbs are they? the, The
6: gladiolus. Oh. Oh, and there's another kind. Would I be able
2: to leave those bulbs in the ground over the winter? They will not survive outside. They won't? No. But, you know, glads are one of the easiest bulbs to overwinter because they don't require any kind of special anything. Once you've got them out of the ground and they've dried down and you've cleaned them up, you know, the, what the soil is dry and you sort of brush it off gently. Uh-huh. All you I've need, done that already. Right. So you've got an old onion bag or an old pair of pantyhose. You drop uh-huh. the, the corms of the glads into that net bag of whatever kind it is. Hang it up somewhere. It doesn't have to be a cold cellar, but it should be a dark spot. And preferably a cool spot, but not below zero cool. No. So if you, you know, it's all warm, warm everywhere. Perhaps you could just hang them like in a closet somewhere, somewhere where it's dark. Oh, that, that will okay. keep them dormant.
5: All right, that so that's good. what you do
2: with lads. Uh, the other bulb you have, I'm not sure, The things like dahlias or canna lilies or callas, any of those, they do need to be kept, again, in the dark, but typically we'll put them into peat moss or sterile potting soil, something like that, because they need to be in the dark but also surrounded by slightly moist, medium-like yeah. peat moss.
6: Actually, they're the ones that uh, rotted last year, It's the, uh, the, the, uh, those kinds of bulbs. Oh, okay. So this is the first time
2: I have the gladioles. Okay. Well give okay. the give the glads a try. Like I said, just right okay. in, in a bag. They need good air circulation.
6: Okay, that sounds good. Thank All you right.
1: very much. Thank, Thank you, you for Margaret. calling. Yeah. Let me repeat the phone numbers. There are a lot of uh, callers from outside the area today of, yeah, uh, of Toronto. Yeah. We've got, what, Orangeville, Hamilton, Cambridge. i uh, going to be checking into uh, oh, uh, Peterborough okay. in a little bit here. But uh, here here are the numbers, okay? In Toronto area, call 416-360-0740. And then if you are out of town, call uh, no, uh, no charge whatsoever, one 866 740 4, seven forty, And on we go to Oakville and say hi to Fran. Good morning, Fran. Welcome to the show.
6: Morning. Good, good morning. Good morning. How are you?
1: <clears throat> Great. How are you?
6: Pretty good. Um, I have a a miniature orchid yeah. and the uh flower's gone and the stalk's dried up and I cut it off, right? Mm, yeah. Now, what do I when do I
2: Fertilize the, the leaves are nice and green. Nice, um, the thing about orchids is they can bloom year round, mm. so they don't really have a downtime. Though obviously, with the lower light levels now, they are not growing as rapidly or as you know quickly as they do in the, the real growing season, like the spring. Mm. Yeah. What I would do is get a hold of some proper orchid fertilizer for starters. Yep. Follow the instructions on the fertilizer. It'll tell you what mix rate, water versus fertilizer. To mix it up, but what I would do at this time of year is I would double the water or half the fertilizer, so it 's going to be a weak solution of fertilizer, and next time it 's time to water, water the plant with that weak solution of fertilizer and continue to do that You can you know do that every you know two weeks or so fertilize right through when we get into late February March. Days are getting longer, all the plants start to get much more excited and get growing. And at that point, then you would use your fertilizer mix as per the directions on the package.
6: Now, it's in a very tiny pot.
2: Uh-huh. Like,
6: Should I take it out? I tried re, uh, repotting other ones and they died. Yeah, okay. You know, to put it in that um, yeah. orchid mix, yep. the the bark mix, yeah, but it's in a sort of a, I don't know, yeah, they put it in, in like a, yeah.
2: a, a mossy sort Some of a. Morning
6: should I just leave it in a little pot? Well, I y-
2: you'd be amazed. I, for now, I would leave it in the little pot because now is not an optimal time to transplant anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but keep in mind that. Most orchids that we grow in our homes are the same orchids that very naturally just grow in up in the treetops. I mean, right. they, they don't need big pots. Their mm-hmm. roots are not designed to go underground. They, they don't even know what soil is. <laughs> so if it's in a pot that's too small, all that will happen is you'll have more what we call aerial roots, so yeah, roots that yeah. are on the surface. Yeah,
6: there's one coming out Yep, yeah,
2: and that's yeah. perfectly normal and natural, and you want to let that happen. And actually, with a little plant like that, it's an, and it's really tight in that tiny pot, it's op- absolutely perfect for fertilizing by dunking the whole plant, the leaves, the pot, everything, right into a pail with that fertilizer or just plain water for watering purposes. It just... Dunk the whole thing right under the water, air bubbles will come out, let the air bubbles come out until they stop, then just pull the plant out of the water, let it drain in the sink, and then back into your northern or eastern window. So, it's in that pot like that, it makes it super easy for watering, and it's particularly when it's little like that, you don't mm-hmm. need a very big, big pail to put it into. Uh, but in this time, when the days are short and the atmosphere is dry, as it's cool outside, you know, our, our relative humidity goes way down, and the orchids love be getting dunked into water just to raise that humidity. Now, uh, how
6: dry should I wait for the the medium to get?
2: Uh well when it's very light to your touch. I mean don't don't keep it constantly wet. It's okay. got it's got to get it's got to have air pockets in that little pot on occasion as well. Mm-hmm. So hard to say but <clears throat> you know with a tiny little pot like that it's probably your weekly needing to to dunk it in water.
6: Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. All right.
1: Thank Great. you, Fran. Thanks a
6: lot. Thanks All for calling. Already nine
1: thirty-three here on the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, and uh, oh goodness gracious! Look at this. Get my uh, Salvation. <laughs> Actually, this is a Salvation Army uh, little bell. You, you know? should. I just realized that. Get a job. Uh, yeah,
2: In between the radio oh, well, garden shows, you I can just, be out. I just don't.
1: I was at the liquor store the other day. Oh and really? There was one of the gentlemen at the yeah. thing with and I. said, hey,
2: bro, I got a bell like that.
1: exactly. (laughs) Well, that's for Diane in Peterborough. Hi, Diane.
2: Welcome to the show. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Frank.
5: Hi. Um, I just wanted to let you know I have, uh, I had a big, huge peace lily. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was given to me five years ago when my husband died. It was out in full bloom, and it was absolutely gorgeous. Mm -hmm. It's done nothing since then, so I recently... um, put it into four separate plants and repotted them. What do I do now?
2: <laughs> <clears throat> well, find three friends to give three away to for a Christmas present, so then you only have to deal with one. <sighs> the thing about peace lilies is that, they can grow just about anywhere in your house. They can grow in the you know, low light and high light and, you know, all different places. <clears throat> if they get absolutely no light at all, though they rarely flower. So you do if you can get have it in a southern or western window, then you will get the odd, you know, white spath, which is the flower. The trick is to use water that has been sitting out for a period of time. The mm-hmm. um, the fluoride and the salts and the chlorine, etc., in the water is something that peace lilies do not like. And you'll get the whole tip browning on the leaves. The tips right. of the leaves will get all brown and they start to curl and turn black. And, you know, you do trim them away eventually if they go completely brown. But uh, that is a response to um, th- additives in the water. So of course rainwater is always the best. It's got no no additives at all. And uh and you know, just kinda of leave it alone for now. If you don't have any flowers now, don't be surprised. But come spring, of course, that's if you get into some consistent fertilizing you will find a whole bunch of flowers will start to, to form. Okay. Sometime. Now so I don't need to fertilize it. Until the spring? That's right. Right now, with the shorter days, even though our plants are indoors in our heated homes, they still know it's winter and they still are you know, moving slowly. And as a result of that, you can do more damage than good by fertilizing now. Typically, we fertilize when plants are actively growing, and at this time, there's not a lot of active
1: growth. Yeah, you're killing them with kindness. Is well, that and, it, and it won't be
2: long, actually. Like, yeah. Think about it. It's like two weeks from now, and then we're back into the days getting longer. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. we are just getting down to that shortest day. So if we can just get past December 21st, days will start getting longer, plants will respond, and fertilizer will be very appropriate.
5: Okay, I do have some miracle Grow in the,
2: the powder form. Fine. Him. Perfect. Yep. Just make sure you One, mix. I think it's a 24-8-16. Yep. Perfect. Very good. very good, but mix according to directions. Too I much will. fertilizer is not a good thing. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, have a
4: wonderful Christmas, fellas, and, Oh, and, Thank uh, you, you so much for your call. And, and right.
1: a very merry Christmas to you and yours and too. Don't be a stranger. And if you know uh, if you're um, if you're uh, family includes, particularly young kids, Mm. Uh, on Christmas Eve, uh, we're going to be playing the, uh, the Day the Welland Canal Monster Met Santa. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't got the time yet, but I'll find that up for next week. So
2: you're going to do it live or tape? No, it? it's
1: it's actually recorded because there are all sorts of sound effects that go along with oh, it. Oh, sweet. And I do all the voices. And That's
2: Frank. Frank's a published author, just in case well, those of you listening yeah. didn't know that. And, and I tell you. So it, Frank not only wrote the book, but he obviously reads the book on air yeah. and sells the book for people oh, that want, yes. to,
1: want a copy. You can of actually just get a hold of me if you'd like to find out more about the book mm-hmm. and What's your have a email address copy for your kids? Whatever, yeah, yeah. Just go to f dot proctor at mzmedia.com. Okay? There you go. There you are. Well, thank you for the little plug there.
2: And we are here on Christmas Eve. It's a Saturday, yeah. so yeah, we'll be talking right. gardening on Christmas right. Eve. So you know, get don't be busy wrapping <laughs> presents. Keep oh, thinking, oh, thinking
1: about the gardens. You got it. Here comes. Uh, the f- phone numbers again, uh, 1-866-740-4740. That's our long-distance line, totally free, toll-free. And in Toronto, 416 740 And here comes the bell. That's for Andrew in Guelph. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning. How are you today?
2: Great. Excellent. How are you?
1: I'm fine, thank you. I have a mandevilla that I brought in for the winter, and it's about uh, four
2: and a half feet tall. Mm-hmm. It's lost most of its flowers, which is probably yeah. Normal. acceptable, but I'd like to know how to keep it for the winter so I can bring it out next summer. Have you got a good sunny window or a big patio doors or something? It's, it's in a partially sunny area, uh, but the thing that's
0: what it's really producing now is these long shooters, uh-huh. about uh, they're almost about two feet long. I guess uh-huh. they're looking for sun. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with those, but
2: well, anyway. but it, it would do that anyway. When you bring it in, that's its natural response, is it, okay. it's, um, it, it fl- insufficient light for. Flowers, <clears throat> excuse me, but it will. It is a vine, so mm-hmm. it is sending out you know big long tendrils, and that's perfectly normal. What I would do is I would get out my pruners, and I mean, assuming you you don't want the, the plant taking over the the room it's in, I would cut it back. Um, and but don't cut so hard that you shock the plant. Don't take off more than one third of the plant at this time. But uh, it, you're going to have to cut it sooner or later before you take it outside, um, and. Typically, like, they'll, they'll do what it's doing, which is, like, you know, big, long tendrils that'll be, you know, climbing mm-hmm. into the kitchen and, you know, into the fridge before you know it. So so the idea is do some trimming. Um, keep it in as bright a spot as you can. Let it to dry between waterings. Uh, water thoroughly when you do water. And then come March, mid-March... Really study the plant in terms of its structure at that point, because you you're going to do your sort of final, hopefully final pruning then to have it ready to go outside in perfect shape and form to get into that you know bright sun outside and bust out with flowers. Because of course you don't want to start trimming it once
1: it's got full of flowers. Right.
2: Okay. All righty. Thank you very much. Thanks. Well, so much thanks for, your for the call. call.
1: And don't be a stranger. Yeah. First yeah, time exactly. call. Yeah. Exactly. How about that? Uh, we're going to take just a little bit of a break right now. Nine thirty-nine, or actually nine forty, but. What's, what's a minute between friends, right? <laughs> 940 here on Zoomer Radio AM 740. A quick review of those phone numbers, 416 here in Toronto. Anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And we'll be long to say hi to Marie in Hamilton in just moments from now
0: on Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio.
1: And Frank Proctor here, sous chef of The Garden, saying what a delight it is to share this beautiful Saturday morning with our listeners.
2: And look, I want to share something oh, with you. Yeah. I received in the mail from Margaret Bennett Alder, thank you, Margaret, if you're listening, the latest copy of the Toronto Gardener's Journal and sourcebook, 25 years. Margaret and her family have been putting this Source book and journal together. It's not just for Toronto residents, it's for anybody really in Southern Ontario because it's it, what it is, it's designed as a journal something that you mm-hmm. can keep track of things that are going on in your garden it has weekly tips of things you should be doing in your garden it also has wonderful source information so that every website every magazine every radio, radio show <laughs> yeah. uh, and your show is tough. That's right hort societies she's got you know just pages and pages of tiny mm-hmm. print of of uh, suggested sources for horticultural information, um, some great photographs uh, just a really or a really great way to organize you garden plans records, photos. Delights and disappointments—all mm-hmm. these things can be organized in the little tabs that are in here. And you know, congratulations to Margaret. I mean, this book was started as a, a, a retirement hobby. That's
1: right. Twenty-five years ago. Twenty-five
2: right? years yeah. ago, she is now turning ninety years old and putting this, still putting this book out. So, God and yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. God bless her because it's just a lovely, very, very useful book, and I highly recommend it. It is available for sale at various outlets like Book City stores, share. Garden, Garden centers, Royal Botanical Garden, Toronto Botanical Garden, Fiesta Gardens, Plant World, and of course the website TorontoGardenBook.com.
1: Okay, the name of the book again, the Toronto Gardeners Journal. Look for it. You'll not regret buying that. No, no, it's great. Great, great gift to get for somebody That's a right. Christmas.
2: Really, really good yeah. gift for gardeners.
1: Well, we better get on to uh, our callers uh, again here. And in Hamilton, there is Marie patiently waiting. Hi, Marie. Welcome ah. to the show
7: thank you very much uh, number one i'm not a gardener i've my green thumb's red <laughs> i have a tree in the home that i bought 10 years ago to me it's a twig but it has little red berries on it that the birds eat uh-huh. somehow the bees have managed to build a humongous bee's nest on one of the branches and i've been told leave it alone they're hibernating and other people have told me Uh, knock it down. Now I don't know what to do with it. Now that the leaves are gone, all you see is this humongous bee's nest.
2: Okay, so is it a bee's nest or a wasp nest? No,
7: I I lived in the country for
2: 40 years. I
7: know the difference. This is definitely a bee's nest. My neighbor hit the trunk of the tree and scared them, and they swarmed them, and they were definitely bees because of all the flowers I had in the front of my
2: grass. (sighs) Okay, so you know what? It's a great question. Um, You know, if it is really... If it was really bees, okay. And you live in Hamilton. Yeah. There is, there are bee people, uh, and I'm just going to look them up on the web here. So I. I, just, I don't have a computer. No, I, I'm going to tell a you. Number. I don't know what to do. I'm going to give you a phone number because okay. um, there are. If it's truly, you know, we we are trying to protect the bees. Well, we, that's
7: what I was my understanding. Yeah. That's so if
2: if there if there's if it's a live nest <laughs> and they are hibernating, then the. People that are the bee people will know exactly what to do. To... Because I called the Royal Botanical
7: Gardens, and they told me to call University of Guelph. Oh,
2: really? Huh. So
7: I just figured they would
2: know. I don't know who at University <laughs> well, of Guelph? Wrong Golf. again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, because, I mean, wasp nests are empty in the winter. They, they, they build a new one every spring, right? So, right. Uh, so... Now,
7: I did see a small little bird trying to get something out of the bottom of this nest. So I'm assuming it's honey
2: yeah I would think but I don't yeah hard to say I, I wouldn't
7: go near a, an empty hornet snatched or am I wrong
2: well, an empty hornet's nest is just like paper it's yeah, just I've nothing a going on in the back. yeah, they, I mean, unless that little bird is building a nest itself and they might use some of that paper product mm-hmm. that the wasps make to make their nests with, but it is empty, like the the queen just goes to ground for the winter, workers all die off, and the whole thing starts again next spring, so but if it's bees, then it 's something else again, so leave that with me before we go off the air. I will come up with a phone number because like I say, there are bee. Collectives, And maybe somebody who's listening can uh, even give us a call to just confirm who um, Marie could get in touch with to sort out yeah, what to good, do.
1: Good question, though. But was, yeah,
2: yeah, great question.
1: We want to preserve as many bees as we can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, right. so thank
2: you. And I'll just follow up on that.
1: We'll We'll, we'll do that. For sure. Uh, Jenny in St. Catharines, nice to have you with us this morning. Good, uh, Welcome to the Good show. Good
3: morning. Actually, it's Jenny from Merritt and Frank. Oh, Merritt.
1: Oh, well, I know how important that is. <laughs> uh,
3: okay. I got a Hoya, uh-huh. uh, Charlie, and it was given to me a while back. Son of a gun it's never bloomed. Uh-huh. I wiped it all down, and, you know, it's beautiful. It's green. I got two-foot-long tendrils on mm-hmm. it yeah. and nothing. Lots and lots and lots of sun. Yeah. Have you
2: got that? Have you got, like, a southern window or a western window? to?
3: I don't even know which way I'm pointing, but... (laughs) Because I've got a little one that somebody gave me. It's in a glass of water. Now, can I put that in with the other one and say put it... Somebody told me I shouldn't transplant. They like to be pot-bound.
2: They do. They do like to be pot-bound. So the smaller the pot, excuse me, the better. Oh, okay. And... Sorry I'm just choking there. The smaller the pot, the better, and allowing that plant to dry to complete dryness between waterings is important. So you're going to stress the plant by just keep feeling that soil. As long as you can feel moisture in the soil, do not water. It might be a month between waterings, so it is. Um, oh, okay, as much sun I've been as possible. I trying to
3: get this poor baby to bloom and I thought. My mother-in-law had one. It was gorgeous. I can't do a darn thing with yeah.
2: it Yeah, yeah. So again, sometimes we just we love them too much. We water too much, and then it doesn't flower. So oh it's not it
3: was in the back bedroom. I forgot it was there when I brought it out. It was covered in dust. I had to <laughs> it all down.
2: Amazing what they'll survive. Yeah. Right? Oh, but,
3: I know. Yeah. So so that's
2: fine. So it's all clean, which is great. But just don't be careful about overwatering, and you will find. And again, start considering um, a flowering plant fertilizer very consistently use that when watering but start that in February or March and you should have flowers as long as you can keep it in lots of sun you, it'll be fine
1: okay that's good okay oh I guess we've we've lost Jenny but thank you for the uh, phone call and hopefully that will help uh, in that advice column there 950 mm-hmm. on a Saturday morning here at Zoomer Radio
3: Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and
1: begonias, Scythia and
3: fox clubs, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweetwilliams.
0: You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio.
1: And at this very moment, Charlie is madly scrambling <laughs> through the uh, uh, Internet here for the proper uh, bee person yeah, you just keep, to give us a, help, yeah, you a talk, helping hand. Yeah, you just keep our, our <laughs> listeners uh, uh, busy. All righty. Well, you scroll down those pages uh, well, looking for. Well, here's a
2: couple of suggestions. Okay. And this is from Marie, who called from Hamilton about what she thinks might be a bee's nest with live bees in it hanging in her tree outside mm-hmm. on her property. So the Toronto District Beekeepers Association uh, does have a contact named Paul. Uh, or James, both of them are co-presidents of the Toronto District Beekeepers Association, they can be reached at the following phone number, 416-846-5105. So that's 416-846-5105. And if Brantford is pretty close to Hamilton – Where'd it go? There's there it is. Brantford yep. Golden Horseshoe Grand, Grand, Rev, Grand River. No, that's Branchton. Where's Brantford? I think
1: we just there it is, Brantford
2: it. Golden yep. Horseshoe Beekeepers Association. So that might even be better for you. Golden Horseshoe Beekeepers Association. The contact is Al Goodfellow. He's the president. And his phone number is 905-531-0350. So 905 531 Zero three five zero, and that 's al goodfellow and what i 've done is I have Googled. And come up with the Ontario Beekeepers Association, and I'm looking at local beekeepers associations uh, in the various mm. communities. So there's a lot going on with the beekeepers, and uh, for sure, follow up. Don't just assume that's a dead or should be destroyed kind of situation. There, okay. I, I don't know enough to be able to tell you what to do, but for sure one of those people will.
1: <laughs> good good stuff. Okay. Thanks. Karen in Mississauga. There's the bell. Welcome to the Garden Show. First time caller?
2: Oh, yes. good morning. Welcome. Hello.
1: Hi. Hi.
2: Hi. Good morning.
5: Um, I brought a geranium in in early October, and it was flowering, Mm -hmm. and I deadheaded it, and it flowered a few times, and then I cut it back completely.
2: I don't know how to keep it over the winter. Have you got a sunny window? Yes, I do. Oh, so there you are. Well, what I would do is just, is it in the window? It's close to the window.
5: There's other... Flowers and plants buying okay. sunny windows.
2: yeah, so just I mean you didn't actually have to cut it back, but if it's it might have been big and ungainly, it's still got green stems, I assume, and some green leaves on it now, or It does, but it also has a lot of drying
5: uh, leaves, and cool. I'm wondering why.
2: Oh, because the light levels inside your house are far lower than they were outside. Okay. Just even if you had it in a southern you know window, it just by virtue of having that glass in between the outdoors and the indoors, the light levels drop dramatically. And those leaves that are turning yellow grew outside, and they grew at the light levels. Oh. that they were receiving outside. Mm-hmm. So those yellow leaves, perfectly normal. As they yellow, just remove them. Don't let them sit in, you know, in the pot because they'll just rot and cause you know, mildew and fungal uh, diseases. So just continue to keep the plant clean. New green growth will grow. Uh, keep it in the sun. Turn it. Remember to turn it every week or so so that it's balanced growth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, before you know it, it's going to start forming flowers again. Oh, so it will flower over the winter? It should. If it gets enough light... Um, very careful about watering. It's very easy to overwater in the winter because plants use a lot less water in the winter than they do in the summer. Okay, so, so feel like one, that soil. So? Well, it's hard to know how often, but when you do water, water thoroughly. Just water, let it dry almost completely dry between waterings geraniums are very drought tolerant plants like they can the, the soil can be virtually completely dry uh, between watering so you know it might be once a month you know hard to know how often you're going to water frankly i brought a geranium in my house probably same thing probably early october i think i've watered it once since i brought it in okay, all right so you know that's what 2 months <laughs> I've watered it once. So, you know, I I always err on the side of underwatering rather than overwatering. Okay. And uh, and plants they they are neglected by me no question but they they never die from overwatering.
1: <laughs> Somebody-
5: Else told me that you can actually put it to rest in the basement and then bring it out in the summer so you, that's why I was confused about actually what to do well with.
2: you can except you need the kind of basement where it can be dormant and still alive so that kind of a basement is dark and it's cool and it's got some humidity to it
1: Which most basements these days is yeah not the mine case. is
2: yeah. not mine's warm and and yeah. heated and dry and the furnace is down there and there's there, it, it's so I don't even try to make plants go semi or completely dormant in my house because I don't have that root cellar kind of situation but if you do then absolutely yes you can stick the geranium in there and mm-hmm. ignore it for the rest of the winter but you do need that root cellar kind of situation all right
1: okay Thanks well thank you very much uh, and uh, I don't think we have time really to you uh, quickly oh. just a, a quick hello to Rick up in White oh, River oh hey yeah, yeah. we got got to check base. in Hi, Rick nice to have the call how you doing good excellent
2: how much snow you got
1: Oh, there's ice on the lake. There's a couple of inches of snow on the ground.
2: Oh, man. Yikes,
1: yikes, yikes. <laughs> and I got my tooth on. Yeah,
2: I bet <laughs> good you good do. Man. Well, the sky's blue here, and we had a little dusting of snow last we night. We've
1: got but, a, a less than a minute, uh, Rick. Listen, so I, I had some pansies that I was going to collect the seeds off of, mm-hmm. but the seeds were gone, and I noticed all beneath the pl- mother plants, there's all these little green things growing. Oh, yeah. So will they uh, winter over? I leave them outside in the pots or what?
2: In the pots above ground, they probably won't survive. If you could bury those pots, if your ground's not frozen, they might survive and pile a bunch of leaves on top because your winters are just that much more extreme than ours. um, Here in southern Ontario, pansies will often survive the Mm. winter, but it's got to be in the ground, not above. That's my best suggestion. But uh, hey, good to hear from Rick. He's uh, he's a consistent listener and he, he he does check in with us every now and then. Um, Frank, what's going on? What are you uh, doing? Well,
1: the first thing i got to do is give a check to uh, Alan Gelman. Uh, oh, my goodness. Glenn Allen Motors did some wonderful work on my car. So, nice. Uh, I own. I own. Yeah. And I'm paying up.
2: <laughs> wonderful people. And I'm back those at the Glenn the Allen thunk, Motors yeah. people. And you're back yeah. at one. You're not going anywhere? Nope. Other than with me for breakfast? Exactly. You could come help me plant. You pay today. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're just talking about <laughs> how hungry we are because I'm paying. No, you're getting water and toast, I think. Oh, gee. <laughs> Thank you, Frank.
1: Thank you, Charlie.
2: Lots of fun doing the show. Thank you, Sebastian. Couldn't do it without you or the great callers. See you again next week.
0: This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.